the world of music is changing and it's for the better. Okay, welcome everyone to another value for value episode. My name is Kyron, host of the Mere Models podcast, but also this one where I dive deeper into the value for value model. I look at how this model is going to help digital content creators in a way which will allow you to get paid and also connect deeper with your audience. Uh, just a reiteration that I do this live on a Wednesday or um, on the border point on a Tuesday, Wednesday, so midnight um, UTC zero. So just plus or minus wherever you are in the world from that onto there. And uh, yeah, I would love to have you join me in for, for one of these live ones. Now, I just want to start this off with just saying uh, V for V music, it's going to change the world. <laughs> so the topic for today is V for V music. Musicians are finally getting paid and this is going to be a two-parter. So the first portion of this is going to be really looking at the general concept. What is V for V music? Why is it important? And then in the next episode next week, we'll get into the weeds and some real resources for those who want to really participate in this and um, try out what, what this stuff is. So let's go into the top level. What is V for V music? And basically it's a way for musicians to distribute their work using RSS. And we have already talked about in previous episodes why this is powerful, why you would want RSS um, in your in your feed. So this was... Uh, episode number 41, what is a podcast? I was really talking about it there. And then also even in the one before that episode 40, which was about how RSS can make your feed decentralized, be self-sovereign, permissionless, and uh, allow some value transfer going on as well. So we, we already talked about that. Um, and let's just start off with, I guess, with like what, what's one of the main problems that's currently going on with music now? All of this I'm kind of using from secondhand sources because I am not a musician myself, so I haven't fully got to experience these, but it seems to be rather unanimous with most of the musicians that I've talked with. And it seems to be that the the system of distribution is kind of, I hesitate to use the word unfair, but it it's very close to that. <laughs> it, it does very much seem to be an insider game or it's only suited to particular people, only certain people can can kind of win in this industry, much like with the radio or the TV you know, industry, you had to have a certain level of um, knowing of people, of uh, you know, playing the game somewhat to, to speak. And then something like podcasting came around, which was like, oh, cool, I can just do this from my own home. You know, I don't have to go into a radio station. I don't have to you know, appease these bosses. I can just produce exactly what I want and the the, uh, the methods, the tools of distribution allow me to do this at such a niche individual level. And so what we can see now is that there is this kind of barrier point for for musicians, which is, well, you know, maybe they can create their own music, but okay, what do they do with it then? How do they get that out to people? And the distribution from this seems to be, you need to put it out on everywhere. And so there is a ridiculous number of uh, streaming platforms to, to be able to do this. And probably the ones that you will be most aware of would be things like SoundCloud, would be Spotify. Uh, probably I would even put, um, YouTube in there as a as a way of distributing music as well. They certainly have the YouTube music app as well. So there's there's a variety of larger ways, but 
um, as we'll go on to a little bit later with uh, Ainsley Costello. She has a, a, a post where she was talking about how she is up on a ridiculous number of apps um, of streaming platforms. And I think she said there was 60 plus that she is on, which uh, was even news to me because <laughs> I didn't know that there was uh, there was that many. So basically, you can put all your stuff out there, but you have to be very active in doing this. You know, if you put a new song, you have to put it up on a ridiculous number of places to try and get it out onto all of these, you know, different various things. So not not super, super helpful in that regard. And this is in comparison to something like podcasting, where I only have to put my audio file up in one place and then I can link to all of these uh all of these places to that audio file. And then it's like, okay, you know, check out here. Uh, whereas I don't have to manually go and do that. I can just put it all in place. This is kind of like we were talking about with uh, RSS, you know, just one, um, just one place and one uh, source of truth of, of one thing that I own and everything can point there. And yeah, I just found it um, on 60 plus streaming services. So that's uh, an insane amount uh, that, <laughs> that she is on. So I guess what is the main difference between this and maybe something like, uh, so that, that that's a problem. Distribution is obviously one problem that's in the music industry at the moment. Another one is that there is a, I guess, lack of being able to be in the money yourself. So if we think of something like Napster or MySpace, you could say, okay, well, musicians kind of had a place to put their music and a lot of people could link to it. it once again, it's not as good as RSS, I, I personally, I believe, but that you could have that. But once again, how, how do you get paid from that now? How do you make money from this? And uh, the current royalty range from what I, once again, what I have gathered from the outside, it seems to be somewhere in like the 10 to 30% range. If you're a musician, and people are playing your music, you're only getting 10 to 30% of what's actually, uh, what could potentially be coming in, which once again, seems kind of insane to me that it's so low. If you're the ones who put all of this together, that you only get such a small, small portion of this, uh, and which will then get divided up even further if you're in a band and now you have to split that 10%, what, five, six different ways, or that 30%, five, six different ways. So the current royalty uh, scheme seems to be rather unfair. And let's just take something like Spotify, which is, and this is one I'm, I'm reasonably confident. I know how it works. Spotify does it like this. So they earn money from users paying a premium thing. So this will be $9 a month. And then there's a, another tier or two above that. And what they do is they kind of collect all this money. And then, you know, a portion of this will get distributed to the music rights associations, all of these people who they're getting and the biggest stuff from. So this is think like, you know, the mega bands, the Taylor Swift's, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, things like that. A lot of it will go to those record companies and then that will get distributed up perhaps even to the artists from there, or it will just go directly to them. And so the, the amount that you pay gets divvied up into all of these kind of different places and what happens is the amount that's remaining left for all of the artists, it gets divvied up based on the amount of plays. And so those who have a lot, a lot of plays, they get more money. So once again, think of the very, very famous, most popular artists, they get a ridiculous amount. Now, 
what this means is if you are someone who is maybe minorly or moderately successful, maybe you get, you know, a hundred thousand people tuning into your music a month. What, how much do you actually get from that? Well, I believe it's somewhere in the range of three to $5 per thousand streams. As I've looked into it, this seems to vary widely as well because they do all these sorts of things based on the country and whatnot. Um, and I'm going to guess that it's kind of screws around the smaller artist as well. So let's just say $2 per stream. If you compare this to something like the advertising model in podcasting and which for me has been really equivalent to the value for value um, in terms of the actual amount that I received versus how many people have boosted in and, and how much I get listened to is closer to $20 per thousand. So this is where it's really intriguing. You go, okay, well, is music worth you know 10 times less than podcasting or is, is podcasting worth 10 times more? Uh, in terms of the actual time it creates, it takes to create music, I would probably say no in terms of the actual output of how it makes people feel, the value that people get from it. I probably wouldn't have particularly said so. If anything, I would have said music is a much more powerful and uh, medium. But, you know, this is all just going to show there does seem to be something a little bit broken with the way that it's working. And I think mostly this is due to things on the layer, which is not connected to the actual content itself, but it's all of the things around it. And so what happens is even if I have a premium Spotify thing, um, I'm listening to exclusively, you know, artists that I really enjoy who are maybe not as mainstream, almost none of my money actually goes directly to them. It always, it goes to these other artists who are getting played a lot and downloaded a lot, but it's, you know, my individual personal tastes are not going to, to where I think they should be going or where I would want them to go, I suppose, where, because so much of this is behind the surface, you have no idea. And so what I would just say is at the kind of like top level view, there's a lot of problems, but it's not at the technology layer. It's not at the distribution of, uh, it, it, so for example, it's not that there's better sound quality on different apps. It's not that there are better playlists necessarily. It's not that there's better algorithms. It's, it's kind of like the problem, the problem is, is at the incentives and how things are getting distributed and how things are getting divvied up. And it seems to be that the smaller artists are, are getting a pretty shit go of it and they, the amounts or the things that should be happening, if they do have a loyal fan base, you know, their thousand true fans, we've heard about this in the Kevin Kelly um, article. If you have your thousand true fans, you should be able to make a living from that. And if they're willing to pay, you know, $10 a month, that's 10,000 a month, that's easily livable off. And it seems to be that those thousand true fans there's no easy way for them to do that through music at the moment. And what I think is going to change that is value for value music. So let's, let's, uh, talk about that. So basically what is value for value music? Well, it's being able to, uh, have your music distributed, um, in this manner that I was talking about where you can just put it in one place and everything can link to that. So this is using RSS. And it's being able to monetize that much like we were talking about previously with the boostergrams and through micropayments, the exact same mechanism. You can put in a lightning wallet 
And this will then be able to uh, be a, a kind of source of truth for people to say, oh, okay, if I want to contribute directly to my favorite artist, my favorite musician, this is the way where I know if I boost in or if I stream micropayments, it will go directly to them. So if you want to know more about that, check out the previous two episodes on micropayments and on boostergrams. And so I think this is going to uh, change, revolutionize the music industry just from the simple fact of musicians are going to realize, okay, this is actually changing things and this is actually going to make them uh, more fair for me and I can distribute it in a just simpler and easier manner rather than trying to put it on 60 streaming services. So I'm going to get into a little bit of uh, the history, I suppose, of this. So because I've been following this pretty closely for the last year and a half and I, I, uh, cause I think it is going to be probably one of the biggest use cases or things that are really will maybe go viral from the whole podcasting 2.0 ecosystem and, and micropayments and things like this is this ability to do it with music. Cause there's just something about music that people really, it, it transforms and it creates people to do things in a more emotionally charged way than perhaps a podcast like this will. So, um, so let's just go on to, I go, I guess, who were one of the first people to do this? Where So in specifically, I'm talking about you're a musician, you want to put your music up on somewhere, but you go like, ah, oh, Spotify, it's a kind of shit deal. SoundCloud, you know, um, Bandcamp, all of these places that they're not really, really helping me that much. And so there was two artists. One was called Sir Spencer and one was called Abel Kirby. And they're both podcasters. And they created a band called Abel and the Wolf. And basically what they did is they uh, went through the whole process of creating an album specifically just to be able to put it up as a, um, as a, a band, as a music specifically designed to be put up on RSS. Because one of the problems is it, it's not coming across super, super easy at the moment. Um, it's not, the whole process takes a bit of time. And if you're tuning into the show, you should know like everything is of this is running with scissors. All of this is really new and it takes a bit of time to, to kind of work up into. And so if you want to know more about this, uh, go check out episode 36 called Abecraft of, of this very show because um, they created a podcast which was showcasing their whole design process of how they they went through this. So um, episode 36 of the, um, of the previous season of season two. And so... What were some of the things they did? Well, they uh, created you know, a transcript which would be containing the lyrics of their song. So you can see, okay, this is uh, showcasing something that you would maybe find in a CD of previous generations before that was a thing. Um, album art, which they used as episode images. So for each, uh, for each um, track that they had on their album, they would have an artist design a, uh, a picture which would represent that song. And you're seeing one of those uh, appearing up on your screen as, as we speak. Uh, they had splits for the artists. So once again, uh, this was something I was talking about with the in the boostergrams and in the streaming of payments. You can split things up directly within your feed. So you don't need to have a contract of one person gets all, in the, all the money in and then you're relying on them to divvy it up and you don't rely on them. So you need a third party who you who's trusted to be able to do that. No, in this case, it's like it's all written there, baked in. 
if you want to give 20, if you got five bandmates and you just want to split it up evenly, you know, 20%, 20%, 20%. If you want to include more people in on that, you can, or less people, or one person's doing more work, you can change those and it's all beautiful. And so that's what they did. The money was being split up in, in these various ways. And it was for each individual track as well. So once again, it, it gets to this granular level. It doesn't just have to be for, oh, okay, well, you know, this person worked really hard on this particular song. So if we're going to try and do it as a whole of all the money coming in, how should we do that? No, it's like, no, you can get paid directly for the work that you did. So this is uh, really, really cool. And um, I'm going to be playing some of their music a little bit later on as just a uh, as a teaser for, I suppose, or, or, sh- or showcasing of, um, of how this works. Um, and so, yeah, that was kind of one of the, the first use cases where I saw a musician actually creating this and putting it up specifically just to be, um, used in this manner. There were a couple that had done this before, but this was probably the first that, that I saw where they really created it in this way. Now, one of the things that's really prompted me to talk about it on this episode and in the in the next episode as well is something called Boostergram Ball. And so this was created by Adam Curry, who you should know well or well, be well aware of by now. He is the kind of co-inventor of podcasting, uh, a former MTV VJ, and the guy who's kind of spearhead, spearheading along with Dave Jones, the um, the podcasting 2.0 movement of, of trying to make podcasting better. And once again, check out the episode I did, I think uh, three or four weeks ago called emergence of podcasting 2.0. And so Boostergram ball is basically where he highlights songs that he really enjoys, which are, have been put up in this manner. So it has been an artist has gone, yep, I'm going to put it up in an RSS feed. I'm going to put in a lightning address, which will showcase or uh, will show where people can send the money to. And so what he is doing is now he's created a, a basically a DJ, a radio program where he is the DJ and he, you know, introduces like, you know, this is Boost Grand Ball. He's got all of these jingles and things. And then he plays some music, you know, leads up into it. And he's a professional. He's done this professionally as a career for many, many a year before becoming a full-time podcaster. Um, was he, so he really knows how to create a good show. Uh, he'll lead into the music, the music will play. And as the music is playing through some just really, really cool, uh, technology, I guess the, uh, the money goes directly. So if people are streaming in, the money goes directly to the artist then, or if they're boosting in, it goes directly to the artist. Then when he comes back on, it'll go to him. Then when he, you know, talks a little bit and then he plays the next song, it'll go to that that next artist. And so basically he's created uh, three shows at this very moment. Uh, each of these being uh, roughly about an hour long and he's playing about mm, tennis shows per, per episode. So, uh, we can see, okay, this is really cool because it solves a couple of things. The discoverability component, you know, if he's playing a show on there, this is how radio has always, always worked. If, if you hear a really cool song on the radio, it's like, oh man, I want to listen to more of that. I'm going to go out and buy their CD or I'm going to listen or stream in more. And I think this is where the, the madness is going to kick off because I can really see this just expanding uh, as musicians realize, oh wow, I'm actually getting paid for for people listening to my music because there's people out there like me who have a very much kind of 
disposition towards yes i'm if i'm listening to something i want to pay for it and um so would would i rather spend you know nine dollars a month on spotify or would i rather spend nine dollars a month streaming directly to people who i think they deserve it i'm going to do it my way and and i'm going to stream into uh music that i listen to and i'm going to stream in or, or boost into shows like adam's which show showcase uh, music and is kind of a way for me to discover it. So very, very, very cool on that um, point. And um, the thing is, this is this is all I would say I would say kind of revolutionary, as I was referring to uh, at the start, because he's he's tried this once before and he he never got it off the ground because it was just too hard with the record labels with the rights associations all looking at podcasting and it's like mm, no you can't do that because we we can't see where this money goes you know it, you get this money you have to send it to us and it, it was just too much of a hassle there was just too many too many barrier points with uh with i suppose the money side of things and i think that gets solved by the direct peer-to-peer nature of one it being peer-to-peer so there's no middlemen involved there's no trust needed and two with the functionality of being able to split things up in various ways there's there's going to be less hassle of oh you didn't send me this mount you know you got more than me this sort of thing it's like no it's all there it's all laid out and if if you have a problem with that you should have you know brought that up as we were typing in or who's going to get what amount of split so i think this will change things a lot with that before I go on to some of the, the fundamental points why I think this is really going to work, I just want to give a shout out to Ainsley and um, a couple of stats that we've just seen uh, across these various different shows. So um, I've got a tweet from her here. Once again, this will be appearing up on your screen as we speak. And so Ainsley Costello, she's a young musician um, in the United States. I'm not exactly sure where she's from. I think probably the Nashville area or she, she lives in the Nashville area at the moment. And so uh, she was uh, just posting in July 25th. So um, she had posted up her music on Wave Lake and it kind of one of her songs called Cherry on Top really, it got people into to like, oh, wow, this is this is a great song. Um, I want to play more of it. And so she said uh, for five days on, on that, uh, she got 180,372 sats, which was equal to about 52 US dollars. And on for the whole of April 2023 on 60 plus streaming services, she got $22. <laughs> so we can even see just from that little example there, okay, she you know got double roughly um, in, in these lightning payments from people directly streaming to her and boosting to her. Uh, she got a, a lot, lot more. Now, the funny thing is, you know, this was what, uh, three weeks ago it's basically 10 X that amount. So I know she's past the 1 million sats range. Um, and I'm certainly sure that the, that other number of the 60 plus streaming services hasn't 10 X. So just for her, she, she had a hit song and people loved it and they boosted in and they streamed in, and it was a ridiculous amount more than she would have got just from being on all of these other platforms where they do take their cut and where it isn't distributed evenly and fairly based on people and how much they enjoy that music. And so once again, I'm, this is just getting to the point where I think like V for V music, someone like her, where she has something like that happen, 
she's gonna she's gonna tell her friends about it like she's gonna she's gonna be like wow this is something completely different compared to the grinding away that i've been doing on all of these other platforms so that was just a one little use case there and then i want to go on to some stats that adam curry himself uh published which was just what was happening from the boostergram ball and so uh, he says, here's what uh, Podcasting 2.0 has done for Value for Value Music on just three episodes of Boostergram Ball, over 4 million sats sent to the artists. And then he's got a breakdown here of how this has um, been done by apps. And we can see that uh, it was through Boost CLI, Castomatic, Curiocaster, Fountain, Podcast Index, Podfriend, Podverse, and the Split Kit. So this has all gone directly to artists, which is equal to close to 1,200 US dollars. So that's a fair bit in um, Australian dollars as well. That'd be like 1,600, 1,700, something like that. So we can see, okay, there's there's a use case for this. And it's not just middling money. That was what, 30, you know, roughly 30 uh, tracks being distributed. Um, f- what's that, 1,200? So that's like, you know, 40 bucks a song. You know, imagine if you, you had your song get played once on the radio and you got 40 bucks for it. <laughs> like that, that would be pretty damn good. And uh, there's more some more complexities coming up with, uh, with all of these things. And uh, I will definitely be talking about that in the next episode because there is quite a few complex things. But I think this is all just showcasing that, yeah, value for value music, there is a need for it, a want for it, and a drive for it. And people are willing to pay um to pay for it and i think artists are going to be the beneficiary of this because they have been some of the ones who've been um screwed uh out of uh i i think just in a this is yeah you know what i'll say it's in an unfair system and so uh, i think this is a, a more fair one for sure before i get into my my final fundamental points why i think this is uh, really going to change and how this kind of relates to podcasting as well. I did just want to play the the cherry on top song from Ainsley Costello. And um, this will also be an example of how, how we can do value for value music, even on this very show, on this very episode. So I'm going to let Ainsley take it away and uh, I'll be right back soon. Cause I know that you aren't used to having it all given 
All right, pumped. Thank you, Ainsley, for allowing me to play that on this show. Let's get into the fundamental points before I get onto the final Boostergram Lounge. So <clears throat> the value of a value system works on goodwill. I think this is something that I've established kind of right from the start. You know, it's goodwill on my part to to put this up on uh, for free. This this episode, this everything that I do, you know, you never have to pay for it. I'm always going to be the one giving you the value straight up. Um, and that's always how it's going to work. Um, and I think we can take this further where it's like, you know, I'm now relying on your goodwill, your conscience to say, did I enjoy this value for value show? Did I enjoy this value for value music? Uh, I ask that you just send it back into me and I, I hope that you do that. Now, I think this is going to require some fundamental changes and maybe the way people view things. So artists, for example, they're going to have to give up complete control over their music when they put it up on some of these services on, on RSS, you're kind of just releasing it out to the wild. It's now like if people want to play it on a radio show, they're going to do that. If they want to um, remix it, they're going to do this. They're, you know, it's, it, it is kind of just like a little bit of loosening of the reins of no control of just like, here, have at it. Now, I think a lot of people are keen for this and will do this anyway because, you know, they're, they're unknown, they're undiscovered. And when you're like that, you just want anyone to play it or hear it in any manner whatsoever. So there is a kind of goodwill on their part where it's like, okay, I'm just going to put this up and see what happens. Uh, there is somewhat of an expectation that if you're a podcaster and you're creating a DJ radio show like this, like Adam Curry was doing with Boostergram Ball, that you put in the correct split or you at least put in a split of some sort so that the artist, you're not just taking their music and just playing it. There is a, an expectation. It's not, it, I don't think it'll ever be enforced in a, maybe, um, we'll, we'll talk more about that in the complexities later on in the next episode, but there is at least at the very least an expectation that that will happen. There's an expectation that the listeners will give back and that they will, do that now not everyone is going to do this of course not every podcaster is going to put in a uh, in a split for the, for the music that they're playing but for the most part for the most part you would you would expect this um i think everyone is included as well this is another fundamental point where just through the nature of of how um, you can you can send money in this way using the lightning network with bitcoin and potentially with others in the future it doesn't particularly have to be this but at the very moment it is everyone can get included so the bandmates they can be put in the split if you have someone who uh you know the the studio which you recorded at they can be put in the split. Um, you can have the people who are financing you whilst you're in a retreat and creating an album, they can be put in the split. Um, app developers can get a percentage for giving a great experience. Um, so I think it bypasses a lot of entrenched middlemen that you'd already see in the, in the music industry. And it's incentivizing everyone to, to do the, the right thing like everyone gets a piece of the pie by creating something better and i think what we're going to see is we're going to see music apps so something that will look like a, a music app and will be only just for music i think these things will start to pop up in the future um and we're already kind of starting to see some but none that are really really uh distinct as of yet 
Um, and I, because as I just mentioned, most of the ways that people are doing it at the moment is via a podcasting app. And that's just not the best experience for playing music in. It would be better to have a music app, much like you have YouTube Music or Spotify or any of the other ones, which are more suited directly for the music experience because it, it does matter the experience. So I think this is all going to, to change because everyone can get a, a cut, can get a split. And then finally, uh, even just going back to the uh, second episode of this season, which was talking about the the four different properties, um, I think this satisf- satisfies all of them. So one, you know, it's decentralized. You can put up your music in one place, but anyone can access that from anywhere. So this is using the RSS feed. So if I just put up my music in this one place, I don't have to now go and put it up in a ridiculous number of places. And um, on the self-sovereignty aspect, you know, I can own my own music and this is pretty important. You need to be able to own your own music to be able to put it up and do it like this. So um, that it satisfies that. Um, permissionless, you know, I don't have to ask Spotify to put my music up if it contains naughty words, if it contains this, if it deals with themes which are perhaps taboo. You know, once again, you don't have to beg anyone to be able to put your music up or for them to play or for even just outside influencers to come in and say, you know, your style, I think it'd be better if you started singing about things which are more suited to a demographic, you know, a couple years, a, a decade younger than you and um, all these sorts of things. I, I think <laughs> I think you can bypass a lot of that if you if you want to be a, a more pure creative and, and put it up in a, in a place um, just where it is, you don't have to ask permission. You don't have to bend to the music industry's whims and wills and kind of sell your soul. And then finally, the value transfer, of course, is when you're doing it through RSS, you're doing it through this established way. I think it is going to, to make a big, big difference on, on that aspect. So, yeah, Whew, there we go. V for V music. I hope I have done a reasonable job of explaining what it is and why it's important and why I think it's uh, rather revolutionary. So let's get into the Boostergram lounge for this week and then we'll, um, yeah, we'll have a couple of more tips and things like that. So let's take it away, Adam Curry. Welcome to the Value for Value Boostergram Lounge. Alrighty, the Boostergram Lounge, here we go. So pro tip number one, it's important to check your live Boostergrams. If you checked in last week, you'll see that I missed a couple that were there. So uh, apologies for uh, who was that, Robert, Sasuke and Chad F for only doing that at the end. This week, um, I am reasonably sure that there's no live ones coming. So uh, thank you for those two though. So we did get uh, three boosts from this last week. So I'm just gonna read these out in, I'm gonna try it in, the lowest to the the highest. So we've got Cole McCormick here coming in. I feel like I caught a wave with V for V this week. Thanks for the shout out, bro. New world order. So I was going to talk about him, um, but I, I might've actually missed that in my notes. Yeah, sorry, I did. So Ainsley had a chat with Cole McCormick on his show, America Plus. Um, I think it was a really great interview because one, their age levels are, are reasonably close. Cole's actually a pretty good interviewer. Uh, the first time I've, I've heard him um, really doing an interview and I think he absolutely nailed it. 
he knows a lot about value for value. He knows a lot about the creative aspect because he himself is uh, kind of more of like a filmmaker, artist, that type of thing. Um, and yeah, I just think that was a great interview. So if you want to know more about uh, Ainsley Costello and just the the experience she had with V for V music, I would recommend checking out his show and that. So you did cat indeed catch a wave and it, it's um, awesome to see that. So that was 5,492 sent using Fountain. That is his favorite um, number. Thank you, Cole. Got another one here from Macintosh. Boost, boost, boost. One quick note. I sort my boost out by episode when I get boost from more than one episode. I don't think you mentioned that as a presentation. I do like uh, Cole's idea of smallest to largest. Build the tension. Macintosh. <laughs> so thank you very much, Macintosh. And he had a little um, emoji in there as well. Uh, and that was 10,309 sats sent using Fountain. Yeah, this is probably going to be... I'm, I'm really interested to see how this will be in the future because at the moment... From all the shows that I've seen, it very much does seem that people are boosting in for the latest, by and large. I'm really keen to see, you know, say Joe Rogan got onto podcasting 2.0. Would there be people boosting in old shows, old ones? And what I have noticed is when I was doing this with podcasting 2.0 and I was catching up and I was boosting old episodes, um, they themselves didn't really... Uh, get it as much because I was boosting something from you know months ago that you were talking about months ago so it it does make it kind of harder like that so I think it is going to be very much based around the latest episodes and that that's probably just how it will work I think that's how the value for value model particularly works um, but we'll, we'll have to see and this could perhaps even be a maybe a detriment to music which is unless you're constantly putting out new music maybe you don't get some of the the royalties because people are like oh i've listened to this show 500 times this episode this music 500 times before i'm not going to pay for this one i think that can be overcome but yeah it's, some, it's something to look out for um for sure and yeah i will mention that in the future thank you um i i've always just yeah read them out kind of <laughs> willy-nilly to be honest and then finally coming in, the podfather himself, Adam C. Curry. And he has 1999 in his fountain handle. I'm not sure why. And he says, another great episode explaining the value for value model. Exclamation mark, 25,000 sats and using fountain. Ooh-wee. Thank you very much, uh, Adam. And once again, the Boostergram ball, I would rec really recommend people checking out that show. Um, Macintosh also has one called Generation Bitcoin, if you want to know more about the Bitcoin aspect. And that uh, Boostergram ball, it's it's a really good show. It's worth checking out, even if you have no interest in the sending of money back and forth of supporting the artist or anything. It's worth just in terms of being a radio show itself. He's he's a pro. He's really really good at it. And there's a couple more shows um, cropping up, and I'll maybe try and get to them in the uh, in next week's episode. So that is the Boostergram Lounge for this week. Um, really really thank you thank you everyone who um, sent that in. Um, I was doing a couple of like quick calculations and I think I need to get around, I think it was probably about 500,000 sats to over the course of this year to kind of make up how much it, it costs to host the show. So I'd really love to, to try and get to that. So um, this is a, a huge boost to, to getting that. Um, so thank you. Thank you very much for the um, the three people who did that and everyone who was uh, streaming in as well because I did see some streams coming in. Let's jump into some tips. And I'm going to say from this week, the tip is, is obviously going to be related to value for value music. 
a lot of it is how you present it to musicians as well. Um, I saw a bit of chatter on the podcast index and evangelizing is is not the way to go about this. Kind of going out to people, getting in their face about it. And it's it's hard because you can be enthusiastic about a thing, obviously, like I am for podcasting and for, for value for value music. But it's best not to just shove it in their face. And um, I found that for me personally, asking about the problems and how I fix them for myself via podcasting 2.0 has been the best way to do it. And then if they are a musician themselves, you know, putting a, like a little cheeky right hook at the end of, oh, and by the way, there's a music version of this <laughs> is, is probably the best way of going about it. So even though it's not particularly fun, I think focusing on the problems and then highlighting a solution of something that you know uh, that works for you, I think that that works a lot better than trying to dive right and being like, have you tried this thing? Put your music up on here and this will happen. And it, it, it's awesome because of these, you know, because it's decentralized and self-sovereign and, and, you know, a lot of people just don't care about it. And a lot of people, there's just so many different steps to, to get into it. You know, what is an RSS feed? What is Bitcoin? What are micropayments? What is, you know, the problem? It's, it's easier just to start with what I think they, they know is a problem and what they've experienced themselves. And, Honestly, that's the the best way that I've found of uh, of going about this and um, and highlighting these sorts of things. So, yeah, just a, a little pro tip there: evangelizing. No one really enjoys it, um, and yeah, even though you're enthusiastic about it, just just be mindful of how you are coming across because uh, I certainly have been guilty in the past of uh, yeah yeah you know like testing it out for sure and and telling people about things, but it, it doesn't, it doesn't always work. And it do, sometimes it doesn't come across that great. <laughs> so that is my tip for this week app or service highlight. I've purposely stayed away from a lot of linkages to things, how you can uh, exactly do this as a musician, as a listener. Um, so I will, I'll give just a, a broad one here, which is probably like a basic good start point is Wavelake. So W A V L A K E. Um, so if you go to wavelake.com, I think they've got some pretty just uh, it's it's an easy experience for those who want to uh, know more about the uh, all, all sides of the equation because it is useful to be able to listen to and it's also useful to be able to sign up if you are a musician and so uh, basically like if you go to their website turn up the value for your biggest fans we envision a new online world where creators and listeners can freely transact with one another in an open open ecosystem so relatively easy then it's got some uh talking about how it's easy publishing universal distribution and and what it's all built on which is lightning payments and very 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 easy if you go to the website there's a play button right down the bottom so you can start listening to something immediately and if you're a musician um, you can start going to the about section and learning more there so that's probably just the the easiest way at the moment for just beginning aspect Next week, we'll get into the more complex things and, and kind of how a lot of this stuff works under the hood. So, um, yeah, we've, uh, we've explored that and a lot of the concepts next week I'll just be able to refer to and say, check out this episode. So that is my app and service highlight. Let's finish off with some value for value. As usual, I give 15% of each episode to um, particular people. Um, 
in addition to the 5% that is going to some developers. So 5% goes to the podcast index um, slash fountain. And this week I'm going to give 5% to the three people who I'm going to play music for. So I've already played uh, Ainsley's song. And I'm also going to play the song uh, Making Beans from Abel and the Wolf. And I'll give 5% to Sir Spencer and 5% to Abel Kirby for this. These, uh, once again, I'm, I'm trying to just highlight here how music, it's it's got this ineffable quality to it. It's, it's something passionate. It's something that people really care about and are willing to spend a lot of time and money and just investment of things into and you know i don't have the access to uh, a lot of the complex things which i could do this in a better way so when you are listening to just their music all of the money goes directly to them so instead i'm, I'm just going to have to do this kind of basic way and the reason i can do this is once again the goodwill i know sir spencer and and abel kirby i've talked to them before uh, I've asked them before to, to do music and I have indeed played music on uh, one of my shows. So it just, so, so I've got some cred. I, t- I was talking about this probably, uh, geez, a, a year ago, I think, um, in, um, in an episode, which I titled decentralized music on the mere mortal. So, um, I'll, I'll, uh, yeah, include a link to that somewhere. And the, yeah, just, just the aspect of, okay, I know these people. I talked to Ainsley as well. I was like, you know, do you mind if I play a song? I won't be able to do it in the complete correct way. And she's just like, yeah, yeah, please, please do. <laughs> so uh, 5% of this is going to her, to Sir Spencer and to Abel Kirby for the 15%. Once again, a lot of this relies on kind of the goodwill of thinking that, okay, the pie is going to grow. It's it's not a zero-sum game. People love these things. The more people know about it, the the better it gets. So, um, yeah, until next week where we'll be talking more about the complexities and maybe some of the problems which will be coming up and some of the solutions to those problems as well. But uh, until then, I really just want to thank you for joining me for another episode of the Value for Value show. And um, I'm going to let Sir Spencer and Abel Kirby take it away with their band, Abel and the Wolf, and the song is Making Beans. When you're busy making beans Cause upstairs I'm busy making beans And I'm still preoccupied Do you know what I mean? And all these people come to see Let's stir the pot some more It's a better way to be Stewart Screen I need 
all these people sure were nice to me When they dragged me down, tore me up, ran me out of state I don't wear no underwear, and no one calls me late Upstairs I'm busy making beans And I'm still preoccupied, do you know what I mean? And all these people come to see